Sure. Mother's going to be preaching. Mother's going to be speaking or reading some scriptures for us in a few moments. Where does the idea of giving gifts come for this time of year? Simple. God so loved the world. He gave. Where does the idea of joy come? And glory. Simple. The proclamations of the angels on high. Glory. Hallelujah. Where is the aspect of family and gatherings God is gathering his family you and me even though we've been estranged from God even though we were separated from his love this is the season that reminds us that God thinks more highly of us than any of us think of ourselves. And I'm not speaking in an egotistical sense. I'm speaking of what do you, how do you assess your value, who you are? What are you in life? Or are you making comparisons between yourself and your neighbor, your brother, your sister? your parents, your co-workers, the boss, the people on television. How do you evaluate yourself? If there's a lesson to be learned from this season, it's this. God values you more than anything else in the universe. we need to understand is the value that God has placed on your life, on your life, on our lives. <coughs> wow. We are so valuable to Him that when He searched the tre treasure droves of heaven, went into the golden vault and saw all the things that were dear and precious and glory. Something to bring redemption and ransom to follow mankind. He couldn't find anything appropriate. Gold? <laughs> Streets of glory align with gold. Diamonds, jewels, <laughs> Yeah. Pearls are so big, 
that they become the doorways, the gates into his city. You can't hear me. I hit it. assessment of you or even worse yet your own personal assessment of you you don't understand the purpose of this season you're special You think daddy loves you? Well, let me tell you something, honey. Let me tell you something. As much as your daddy loves you, that's about a timble full of love compared to how much God loves you. Even from the time before you existed, he called you by name. He had a purpose for you. And if he had to move everything around just so that he could bring his joy, his glory into your life, he did. Now I guess I'm preaching. Mama was going to read for us Luke chapter 2 verse 1 through 22 this morning, but Have you ever wondered why Caesar in his human wisdom or what he thought was his human wisdom issued a decree that all the people had to be taxed? Thank you, Joseph. And then they had to go back to their own hometown. Census was taken. Taxes were received. And it was a hardship on the whole world. <clears throat> what was Caesar thinking? Why would he do that? <laughs> you know the you, anybody here know the answer? Because God told him to do it. Why? Because God had a plan. God had a purpose. There were 3,000 years of prophecy that are about to be fulfilled. And God was making sure that all of history came to that apex of his fulfillment. Everything that was necessary to come according to the will of purposes of God had to bow down and fall in place. <laughs> or do you think that Mary and Joseph would have gone to Bethlehem on their own? Why would they? Especially with her pregnant. And they didn't have Lexus back then to travel in. 
But there was a reason. Why? Because God already had spoken through the prophet saying that the Savior will be born in Bethlehem. So God had to change the order of the world to cause his word to come to pass. That's how much he thinks of us. That's how much he thinks of us. He's got to change the whole structure of governments. Just so that he could come and fulfill his promises and his pledges to us. He'll do that. Hallelujah. God isn't subject to history. History is subject to him. It's his story. Not man's story. So now they get after a long journey. They come to Bethlehem. We all know the story. We'll sing about it. We'll read about it. We'll hear about it. No room in the inn. And people out there, you know, Jesus was a homeless man. Born a homeless child. He wasn't homeless. He had a home. He just was in a tourist area where the place was packed and he didn't have reservations. But you would think that if God is bestowing upon mankind his greatest gift, his son, that they would have a place suitable for the birth of Jesus. I mean, doesn't that make sense? I mean, if it's your child being born, or your granddaughter, grandson, wouldn't you make sure that everything was prepared for his birth that you'd have the best that you possibly could have wouldn't you do that then why was Jesus left with no room in the inn why did Mary and Joseph have to go through all that aggravation why Because of the word of the Lord. God for millenniums had told the nation of Israel the only way for atonement is for the sacrifice of a lamb. But the lamb of man can only cover up for a short period of time. But God had a lamb. That would perpetuate glory and redemption so that even eternity could not contain it. Amen. And so now he had to bring to fruition that plan to show the world who John recognized, behold the Lamb of God, so he's in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, by the way, 
is a place where they raise the sacrificial lambs that they offer at the altar at atonement. Because there's something about the area, the water, the grass. And the best, the greatest, the most perfect of all lambs were raised in Bethlehem. And God was giving to us the greatest lamb without spot or blemish. So, but why no room at the inn? You, you know, in our Christmas cards and nativity sets that we see, we have one up here. Oh, we don't have the, okay. We don't have the surroundings. But usually he's depicted in a stable. Cows and chickens and donkeys and will it shock you if I told you Jesus was not born in a stable? See, the translators just didn't quite understand the importance of all the things that were happening. They thought it was just coincidental. They didn't realize that this was designed purposely, specifically by God. No, there were no room in the end. Why? Because they had to take Jesus or Mary at that time and Joseph and put them in a cave. You know what those caves were? They were the birthing caves of the sacrificial lambs. They were quiet and peaceful. They sheltered from all the elements of the weather. <coughs> and it was a, a place reserved not for flocks of sheep, not for all manner of animals, but for one lamb, the birth lamb. It was equipped just solely to accommodate the birth lamb. The lamb that ultimately would be offered on the altar as an atonement. Yes. Yes. So why was there no room in the inn? Because the word of the Lord was pointing to this prophecy. It had to be fulfilled according to God's plan. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing gets in the way of God fulfilling his promises. Not only to the world, why did he do all this? For you. For you. For me. He controlled all things so that they might work together for good to those of us who are called by God from the foundation of the world. Amen. Amen. Yes.
So the next time you come into a situation that you're terribly, you're uncomfortable, you're just, oh, well, there's, nobody's accommodating me, nobody's taking care of me, I've got nothing to do, where have I got to go? No, this is, you, know, you look at the structure of your life and you think, oh man, why is everything so upside down? <coughs> well, instead of complaining, find the answer to your question. Why is it upside down? Maybe it's God dragging you into the situation so that he might put you in position to bestow upon you all his love and all his grace and all his mercy and all his blessing. Why the taxes? Because God was ordering history to serve him. Why no room in the end? Because God had a divine plan. So, let's get back to our initial assessment of ourselves. What are you worth? Who are you? Who are you? Grasp this for a moment. I'm the one that God changed the course of history. Made Caesar put forth the taxes. Told the people they had to go to their hometowns for you. You're the one where he made sure all the rooms were booked so that the prophecy might be fulfilled exactly so that when you came to that point in your life, you might be able to recognize that Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord. You didn't come to that conclusion on your own. You came because God was drawing you, pulling you, arranging all the things in your life, things that you thought were horrible and terrible. I oftentimes think, oh, I used to think anyway, God, why did you have to let my father die when I was only three years old? I mean, I never had a father. I want one. And, and I heard the voice of the Lord several years ago say to me, says, son, because if I didn't, he would have loved you so much and pushed you so far. I could have never gotten your attention. So when we say Merry Christmas to one another, It's not just about the holiday. It's not just about the presence. It's about remembering. Not the gift, only the gift that God gave to us. But bearing in mind what God did 
for you and me. When we read the story this Christmas Eve, remember why it happened the way it did. There are no problems. All these things were mere order of progression. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Not only has God given you the gift of His Son, but He's given your family, your community, your workplace, your school, the gift of you. Amen. Me. Get my key, Joe. Me. My gift is me. All I want. All I'll ever be. I'm not ashamed for the world to see that it's me. My gift is me. Come on, Joseph. My gift is me.